0: Listening to Nightlight. Hi, Chris Glynn here with the Nightlight Podcast. My guest on the show today is John Patrick. He's actually with me here in my studio in Kampala. John's been taking a break from his aid work among Syrian refugees to hold some Bible teaching seminars here in Uganda as well as in South Sudan. And I've invited John on the show today to share one of the topics that he's been teaching that is close to both of our hearts. Religion versus relationship. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Okay, religion versus relationship. I'll
1: just share a story. I was once with a large group of Muslims on the Syrian border, a Pakistani mullah preacher, long beard, Iraqi, Syrians, Turks, and the mullah at the table. Big guy speaks with such a loud voice. He looked at me and said, John. In one word, what is your religion? The restaurant went silent. Mm -hmm. All eyes were on me. (laughs) And I knew if I said Christian, that would be the end of the subject. I'm classified. Mm -hmm. But I said relationship. And I believe my religion is relationship. We'll explain that later. Mm -hmm. It took everyone back. It took him by surprise. I believe we all need to have a living relationship with God. Right. Then he went on pontificating. I see what you mean. Yes, the rituals and that. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be a really beautiful testimony. And I said, Yes, the bottom line of my religion is something Jesus the Messiah said John 15, 13. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lays down his life for his friends. That's why we're here on the border, risking our lives. It's. A sobering thing sometimes would go close to a war zone. We heard the Russian jets bombing. Like when one bomb, must have been five kilometers away, when a bomb drops, you just freeze. And you hear the other one then the other one. And it's a very terrifying thing. I'm sure. In some ways. Or you hear the, the shots of people shooting at people trying to come across the border, the border guards. They don't want people to leave Syria. They shoot to scare them. But just the sound of a bullet. When you've seen so many... Burnt people, injured people. We've, you know, in the area we worked, there's over ninety thousand young men mm-hmm. without arms and legs, and that mm-hmm. living in these big homes. Horrible to me. That's the fruit of religion. Yes, thinking your religion is right. So religious wars throughout history have left so much destruction behind them. That's right, and that comes from not having a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So. Just because I said my religion is a relationship, I ended up telling the whole group this beautiful verse about John 15 13. Mm-hmm. But if I said Christianity, mm-hmm. that would have been it. So, why do I say my religion is relationship? For me, religion is our attempt to reach God. Most religions who are trying to work our way to God. But Jesus is so different. Jesus is God coming to us. And you have to say, who is Jesus besides the Son mm-hmm. of God? It says he's the perfect image of God, Hebrews 1.3. If we want to know God, we have to go through Jesus. That's right. And I think we as Christians, too often, we read the Bible, like we read the Old Testament, we read David, Moses. We need to read them through the eyes of Jesus. We need to interpret the Old Testament Mm. through Jesus, not just take Moses at face value, but Jesus' words have so much value, so much more. So a, f- a story i like to tell is Matthew 17, 1-5, God's view on the subject. So at the six days, Jesus took Peter, James and John, his brother, and brings them up into a high mountain, and he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And there appeared unto him Moses and Elijah talking to him. I would have loved to heard what they talked about. So there's Moses representing the law, Elijah, the prophets. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you will, let us make here three tabernacles. Mm-hmm. Often when man meets the divine, he wants to have build something, do a work. But really, when we meet the divine, Jesus says, If a man obey my words, if a man love me, me and the Father would come and live in him, commune with him. John 14, 23. Mm-hmm. That's what God wants. God wants this communion, this relationship, living in us. How intimate can you get God living in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory? But we want to build a tabernacle, one for Moses, one for you, and one for Elijah. While Peter was speaking, God interrupts him. So yes, God sometimes interrupts people. A bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased, hear ye him. I think right there is the bottom line. We need to hear Jesus. It's not the day of Moses, it's not the day of Elijah, the prophets. It's the day of Jesus and God from a cloud spoke this is my beloved son, hear ye him. So when I talked about religion versus relationship, my religion is Jesus. and I seek to have a relationship through him by trying to walk in humility and obedience. Jesus, he trumps the prophets. He trumps Moses, David, every other man of God. Too many people look at Moses and Jesus being equal, but our religion and faith needs to be Mm Jesus-centered. How many times in the book of Matthew, Jesus said six times, Moses said this, but I say unto you, Moses said eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But I say unto you, love your neighbors, do good to them, hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Mm -hmm. There's a major, major difference. John caught it. For the law was given by Moses, Mm -hmm. but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Paul said it perfectly, Hebrews 8.13. Maybe you want to read that, uh, Chris? Hebrews 8.13, what Paul said.
0: In that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away.
1: The law, the Old Testament law, it had an expiry date on it. This will expire when the Messiah comes. So that is old. There's many things we can learn from it. First Corinthians 10, verse 11 says, all these things happen for our sake in the end days so we can learn from them. There's so many principles, but it's outdated. Jesus overrules all of it. For example, Deuteronomy 22, verse 11 says,
0: Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts, as of woolen and linen together.
1: So all of us are disobeying that. We have these garments made of polyester, this, of this, that. We all disobey the law. Right. There's other ones that says, Deuteronomy 21, 18 to 21 says, If your child is, continues to be disobedient, take him outside the city, take him first before the elders, and stone him. It's obvious we do not obey the Jewish law. So we mentioned those verses in Matthew 5, six times Moses said, you know, this I say that. Jesus expects us a lot more from us than not just murdering someone. Right. He wants to be loving, kind, and patient. Like Moses said, thou shalt not murder. Jesus said, thou shalt not be angry with thy brother. Mm -hmm. So it's way more. So some people say the laws of Jesus are easier. Mm -hmm. No, they're more difficult because we have to be ruled by love. That's right. It's not just don't murder, don't hate. It's being kind. Don't even be angry, Jesus says. Mm.
0: So we are free from the law. Acts 13:39. It says and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Amen. Romans 3:20 and verse 28 said the same thing. Therefore, by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law.
1: So it's all by faith, not the deeds of the law. Galatians three, thirteen, Galatians 4, 24, 1 Timothy one nine, John seven nineteen, all these verses are talking about how the law is outdated. Mm -hmm. It goes on and on. So, Jesus is my religion. Usually for a religion you need a set of canon like rules, you need a sacrifice, Mm -hmm. you need um, a temple, Mm -hmm. and you need a high priest. Normally you look at Hindu religion, Buddha religion, they have all these Jewish religion, Islam, you have all these things. Jesus is our canon. He is the Word. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Both in John 1, 14 and Revelation 19, 13, when Jesus comes back, he's called the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus simplified the Old Testament, very,
0: made it very easy, Matthew 22, 37-40. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So there you have it,
1: two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor. How simple can you get? That's our canon. Jesus also was a sacrifice. When John the Baptist sees Jesus, he states, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. Paul f- explains
0: it further In Hebrews 10.1, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually, make the comers thereunto perfect. And Hebrews 10.10 says this similar. By the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, once for all. So Jesus was the perfect sacrifice once and for all. We don't
1: need any more sacrifices. If you want to sacrifice, do what Paul said in Romans 12 1. Present your body a living sacrifice for his service. That is a pleasant sacrifice. So, are sacrifices really needed to please God? Consider the following verses 1 Samuel 15 1,000 years before Jesus, 500 years after the Mosaic law. Samuel said, To obey is better than sacrifice. So here Samuel is going against the Mosaic law, saying obedience. Mm. Oh, he didn't say not to sacrifice, but to obey is better than sacrifice. David takes it a step further in Psalm 40, verse six: he "Sacrifices and offerings you do not
0: desire." He repeats it again, Psalm 51, verses 16 and 17: "For thou desirest not sacrifice; else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering." The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise.
1: So this is 500 years after the Mosaic Law about doing sacrifices. Now David is catching the spirit, that it's a heart, it's a heart thing. Isaiah 500 years now after David, 500 years before Jesus, goes much further. Isaiah one eleven.
0: To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he-goats.
1: I delight not. How clear can you be?
0: Hosea said something similar. Hosea six six. For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Jesus repeats
1: Hosea when he says in Matthew 9.13, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. So the days of sacrificing lamb, uh, animals are over, or whatever sacrifice for Mm -hmm. our sins. The only sacrifice you can give him is a broken heart, a contrite spirit, and given your body in loving service. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So give your body and you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Let him abide in you. That is the perfect sacrifice. So here we have Jesus is the word. He's the sacrifice. And again, Paul somehow always
0: repeats what Jesus says in a very clear way. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. That's in Hebrews 10, 1 through 4. So it's impossible.
1: So Jesus totally undid the need for any type of sacrifice through his grand act of self-sacrifice on the cross. But sometimes we feel our mistakes separate us from God, but our mistakes are very minor compared to what some of God's greats have done. Have you ever killed a man? David did to get his wife. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul used to be killing Christians. Obviously, you can never be too bad for Jesus. But there are consequences for our sin, as you Mm -hmm. saw in the life of David. But God sees our mistakes as things that can bring us closer to him unto a new relationship with him. Personally, I think some of my mistakes in my life were my best teachers. Mm-mm. They showed me I needed God. I couldn't depend upon some uh, greatness I thought I have or some goodness I was trying to cling on to. So if we humble ourselves and repent of our wrongdoings, God is close to the brokenhearted, those who realize there's nothing good in themselves. Another type of sacrifice Jonah talked about when he was in the belly of the whale in mm. Jonah chapter
0: 2 verse 9 but i will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving i will pay that that i have vowed salvation is of the lord
1: that's a wonderful sacrifice when especially when you don't feel like it when you're feeling bad mm-hmm. just being thankful hebrews thirteen
0: fifteen. paul echoes the same by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to god continually that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name.
1: Amen. Off the sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice, especially when you don't feel it.
0: Encouraging you how very dearly Jesus loves you. You're listening to Nightlight.
1: Okay. So what about the temple? First of all, temple sacrifices we see are no longer needed. But the temple itself also is no longer needed, as we see in John chapter two, when Jesus went in the, to the temple and threw over the tables and chairs, mm-hmm. drove out the money changers, and when talking to the Pharisees, he said, destroy this temple, mm-hmm. and in three days, I will build it up. And then the Pharisees said, how can you do that? 46 years, we build it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus spoke of the temple of his body. Mm-hmm. So he is the temple, and so are we. Mm-hmm. We're all part of this temple. There's a good verse on that, First Peter 2, verses 5-7. through seven.
0: Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner.
1: Well, wow. we the stones. Jesus is our precious, precious cornerstone.
0: First Corinthians 3.16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? It's, it's
1: interesting, uh, Chris. In the Garden of Eden,
0: there was no temple.
1: Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day and communed with him. If you go on to the first book of the Bible, go on to the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 21 and 22, it says there's no temple mm. in the new city. So temple was man's idea. God mm. actually said, I'll live in a tabernacle in the time of Moses. Right. But David insisted on building him a temple. You can read that all about in 2 Samuel 7, mm. 1 Chronicles 17. It's all in the Bible. So, But when they built the temple... That God said, David, you can't open it. You're too much of a bloody man. Mm -hmm. Have Solomon do it. When the temple opened, Mm -hmm. God appeared in all his glory. Mm -hmm. That's an example of God accommodating Mm -hmm. with man. Mm -hmm. Temples were not his idea. Stephen said right before uh, he was stoned, Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples Mm -hmm. made with hands. God lives in a sparrow more than he lives in a temple. Mm -hmm. God lives in life. I love this idea of God accommodating humans. Mm-hmm. Remember when uh, Israel wanted a king? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what God told Samuel? It was like in wanting a king, God and Samuel are talking, they're rejecting you, God. They want a king. And God says, look, the king will take away your That's sons right. to war, your daughters to this. Yes. It's not a good idea. Right. What happens when David and Solomon are anointed? When Solomon's anointed king, God appears again in his glory. Mm-hmm. This shows that even if we make that bad decisions, mm-hmm. go away from God, God will still come mm-hmm. and be with us. Mm-hmm. So it's a wonderful thing about God, yeah. how loving he is yeah. to us. So there we have Jesus, the temple. Nightline. Now, Jesus, the high priest, yeah. John 14, 6.
0: Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me, and then Paul further explains it better again. Hebrews nine eleven. But Christ, being come an high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. So now we have the high priest, Christ, the high priest. So in the old days,
1: temples, the high priest, that's where God met with man. Mm. Only the high priest go the holy holies. If we wanted to meet God, we went to the temple. Now in order to meet God, we just go straight to Jesus. God, He's our temple, He's our everything. He's our religion. God wants intimate relationship with us, which is more important than our religion or our denomination. John 15, for abide in me and I in you. How intimate can you get? Mm. Christian spirituality is boiled down to this simple premise. Love God and love others as yourself. But then Paul makes it even simpler In the New Testament, in Galatians 5.14, Paul says,
0: For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself.
1: Why did Paul skip the first commandment Jesus gave to love God? Why this apparent contradiction? Why did Paul find the liberty of only partially quoting Jesus? Paul just says, focus on loving others and you will get it all. But Paul is not alone here. James and Peter say the same thing. James
0: 2.8 If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. Again,
1: James just goes for part two. Love your neighbor. 1 Peter four eight,
0: And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins.
1: So he didn't say above all things, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind.
0: mm-hmm he said, above all things, have
1: fervent charity. Okay, let's see what John, John, who the disciple spent so much time with Jesus, see what he would say about this. 1 John 3, 14.
0: We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death.
1: Not because we love God.
0: We pass from death to life because we love the brethren. Why
1: are they changing what Jesus said? Are they changed? When Jesus said? Look what John says a bit
0: later. 1 John 4, 20-21. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also.
1: Work on your love for one another, and we will see how much you love God. Your love for God is null and void if you don't love your brother. The whole New Testament church starts teaching each other to focus on relational spirituality with a goal of loving others. It's all about relationship. The emphasis is to love others, love others, love others. The early church caught on to a very important principle. Our religion, our faith is totally relationship, loving one another our spirituality is worked out in relationships we have with others and our liturgy is serving one another all over you can see serve another with love serve 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 all over the epistles other-centered love fulfills all the mosaic law was trying to do but why did they skip that first commandment why 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 well i think they realized the danger is when you start with loving god you often don't continue to the second commandment of loving others as yourself. Hmm. I think they realize that too often we love God to the point where we show disdain for others. I love God so much that I can judge and condemn others. I love God so much I look down upon the Catholics or the Adventists or the, they don't worship like us. We become just like parable of Luke 18, the scribe and the Pharisee, one man wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven, uh, have mercy upon me, a sinner. The hmm. other man said, thank God I'm not like that man. We don't say the same words, but we so often we're judging others for mm-hmm. not being like us. Mm-hmm. We looked at, down upon others. We're just as guilty as that man. Mm-hmm. And Jesus didn't say, watch and criticize, or watch and think you're better. He said, watch and pray. pray. So I think often we, mit- we miss that. Sadly, throughout history, focusing only on loving God and failing to love others as ourselves led to horrible tragedies such as the Spanish Inquisition, witch burnings, crusades, ISIS, and all kinds of horrible, violent acts because I love God. We did all in the name of our religion. The New Testament church says don't even think about how much you're loving God unless you're expressing it first and foremost through your love of others. Loving God can be outright dangerous if it leads you to religious fanaticism and away from Jesus' heart of love. I see it all the time. I've seen it so many places where our love for God, we just look down upon others. So were Peter, James, and John, and Paul contradicting Jesus? Okay, Matthew 22, 37 to 40, Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, love your neighbor as yourself, was said to someone who was not yet a Christian, but to his own disciples at the last supper, Jesus gave them a new commandment. John thirteen, thirty four.
0: A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. The new commandment. Really wasn't a new commandment, because I think you
1: know it was said in the Old Testament, love one another. But this new emphasis, our religion, the whole new covenant is built on this love one another. For another, that is our religion, and the greatest love is to lay down your life for mm. one another. John fifteen thirteen. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for another. It doesn't say that he loves God; that he lays down his life. Of course, to get this love, you have to be loving God. But real love, real Christian spirituality, is shown by how much you love others. This is so important. Many people have rejected Christianity because of the poor samples of the Christians. Mm-hmm. Gandhi said, I don't reject your Christ. I love your Christ. It's just that so many of you Christians are like your Christ. So we're th- actually the bride of Christ. That's yeah. how much in love we're supposed to be. Whoa.
0: Thy maker is thy husband,
1: Isaiah 54, 5. And Hosea two nineteen
0: and 20 said... And I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know the Lord. How often is that in our thoughts Mm.
1: that we are really married to Jesus and we're not him as someone we're madly,
0: madly in love with? Uh, Luke 5.34 said... And he said unto them, Can ye make the children of the bride chamber fast, while the bridegroom is with them?
1: Here is this bridal language again, Romans 7, 4.
0: Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. I would say
1: marriage is pretty relational. Mm-hmm. So our religion is all about relation. And how do you glorify God? John 15:8, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples." Mm. Bearing fruit again is a relational thing. It can only come from having a relationship with Jesus. Mm. If you want to bear good fruit, have a good relationship with Jesus. But you know, all of this was promised in the Old Testament. They told us as day was coming. Take a look at Jeremiah 31, chapter 31,
0: verses 31 to 34. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband to them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days saith the lord i will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and i will be their god and they shall be my people
1: so here he is god saying i was as a husband to them ezekiel chapter 16 you find the same language i was married to you, israel but you left me and you played the whore." ezekiel 36 verses 26
0: and 27 also talks about this new covenant A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them.
1: His spirit within us,
0: relational.
1: So here it is, a new covenant predicted in the Old Testament. It's all about relationship. But remember, neighbor love flows out of a heart filled with love for God. I love this quote from uh, Anne Lotz. It says, The first secret to loving others is to immerse yourself in a love relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and abide there. Beautiful. That's how you get love for others. I'm not saying you don't need a church for this. I mean, personally, I don't belong to any church. I belong to Jesus. Me too. But too often, we find our identity in a church building or a church denomination instead of finding our identity in Christ. Or sometimes we find our identity in a cause. There's so many things we can find our identity in, mm-hmm. but we need to find our identity in Christ. A church can be compared to a cup holding the precious water, the life-giving words of Jesus. Look, we can have different mugs on this table, a coffee mug, blue one, red one, a glass cup, plastic cup. They all have water in them. You're thirsty. What takes away your thirst? The cup or the water? The water. The water, of course. So always remember, it's not the church you belong to. It's not the denomination. It's the life-giving water of Jesus. He compares his words to water. Now you're clean to the words I've spoken to you. If you have the Holy Spirit, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Sadly, all too often, our religions and our denominations divide us instead of us being one, as Jesus prayed that we would in John 17, verse 21. If we were one, Jesus goes on to say, our oneness would help the world to believe. It is sobering thought that our pride that we are the right church, the right denomination, may be actually turning people away from faith in Christ. So let's have the true Jesus religion by being bound to Jesus out of our great love for him because of what he did for us. We do not have a religion that teaches that if I obey God, God will accept me. We are already accepted, so let's work from a leavened heart to build his kingdom. The jailer in Acts chapter 16 asked Paul, What must I do to be saved? This is the emphasis of many religions. What must I do? Paul's answer was so simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. There is nothing we can do except believe. Jesus stated in John 6, 29, this is the work of God, that you may believe on him whom he has sent. And if you believe, and you will have a fruitful relationship with Jesus and bear much fruit unto him. And that is how his Father is glorified, by bearing fruit.
0: Thank you so much, John Patrick. John is author of Triumph in Tribulation, which you can easily search for and find on Amazon. And um, which will be a topic for an upcoming show. That's all for now. I'll be back very soon with another Nightlight podcast. Until then, may God bless and keep you in close relationship to Him. Bye for now.